Hello and welcome to FGC Philosophy. This is where we talk about topics that help us all level up inside and outside the virtual arena. That means we improve not just in video games, but also in life. At least that's the idea behind it. Today's topic is going to be one that I have revisited several times, but it's one that I love to talk about as I grow as a person, as a player, uh, as many different things, as a dad even. And so I want to revisit this topic and, and talk about it a little bit more. And I hope to have a guest on the show in the future where we can expand a little bit more uh, after doing this episode. So look forward for that one as well. A very great player, very great cami player, one of the best in the state, probably the best in Michigan, I would say. So stay tuned for that one. Uh, if you know who he is, then awesome. If you don't, then you'll find out in a future episode. That said, so what I want to talk about right now is this concept. And I need to share my perspective before we can really get into the, the main topic, right? I think it's important to have context and to explain things from my point of view, because it's really hard for me to always assume how other people are thinking, but it's usually pretty easy to explain how I'm thinking about something because I'm kind of over-analytical. That's just how my brain works, and so that's what leaves us where we are now. So, that said, I wanna talk about my past because that's incredibly important. So you go back to young philosopher in grade school. And one thing I have never been good at that I can recall is really keeping my attention on a specific task for a prolonged period of time, right? Does that sound familiar for some? You know, think of the kid that, you know, moves around a lot in his seat or looks around or zones out a lot or maybe daydreams a lot, stares off into space. That was me. You know, I was usually doing that at any given time, whenever I was doing something that I guess maybe I was boring or I was tired. I don't know what exactly it was when I was a kid. I just know that I could sit there, stare at a teacher and then zone out, you know, just have basically daydreams. I would think about scenarios in my head. I would analyze ideas and experiences that I've seen or maybe replay something in my head that happened in the past to understand it better. I was an unpopular kid, so I really wanted to understand how people worked. I didn't necessarily want to be popular. I mainly just didn't want to get bullied, to be honest. You know, I didn't like fighting. I was a big dude, so I was always, you know, getting antagonized into fighting. And so I usually had to defend myself. But that's an aside. My point is, is that I thought about people a lot. You know, that's one of many things in video games, video games and people. Uh, when I wasn't thinking about people, I was probably thinking about video games. And that was the one thing that really held my attention for a long time. Now, you could argue that's addiction or not. I'm not really here to debate that. For me, it was a personal choice. That's what I liked doing. That's my passion. And so I put myself into that when I was not uh, at school, pretty much, or doing my homework or with my family or something like that. Most of my free time went to playing video games. But as I got older and I realized, oh, shoot, I need to graduate so that I don't spend any more years in school. I do not want to get left back or anything like that. You know, I was a C student for the most part, but I just never really applied myself all through school because most of it wasn't interesting. The ones that I'd aced were the ones that were interesting, like science or biology. I mean, biology is a form of science, but like general science, biology, anything science related, anything physical really, like gym, I always ace gym. I love participating in all the physical activities. Uh, I was basically a jock that had a nerdy mentality. Like I was physically athletic, even though I was slightly overweight as I got older due to depression mostly <laughs> and overeating. But I was always, always athletic, even when I was overweight. I could still keep up with people uh, not in long endurance type deals. So I was pretty quick 
you know, I, I did karate. I was pretty agile. I could spar very well. I had very high flexibility, so I had heavy legs. And if I kicked you, that did some good damage. So I was always able to keep up with the jocks for the most part, except for in like long running or anything of that nature. Like, nah, I wasn't about it. So anyways, I didn't want to get left behind, right? And I was realizing that I was trying to pay attention in these classes. I was consciously making an effort to try to pass all these classes because I had failed two classes and had to go to summer school the year before and actually dropped football to, oh, actually technically weight training, but I dropped like summer training because I was doing summer training in the morning and then like the uh, summer classes after that. And I just couldn't do it. I was exhausted and I regret quitting, but I couldn't do both. And so I, I didn't want to take another year of high school. And so I wound up going and convincing my mom to have me talk to a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I'm not sure at the time now, but whoever it is that can prescribe medications is the one that I talked to because he diagnosed me with ADD and then prescribed me Adderall or Ritalin or something like that, whatever it was back in the early 2000s or, uh, yeah, early 2000s, early 2000s. It didn't affect me, so I quit taking it. I didn't like taking pills in the first place. I didn't like the idea of taking pills and so I didn't want to take this medication. So I had no motive. I had no motivation to take these pills, really. I wasn't expecting to get medicine. I was expecting to have the doctor explain to me how to pay attention better. You know, I, I I guess maybe that was naive, but I didn't really know too much about the medications and stuff like that. I had heard about it here and there on like news in passing when my parents were watching it, but it never really caught my attention. And so. I, I just stopped taking it after a while because it didn't really affect me. Maybe I didn't give it a long enough time. Maybe it just was sugar pills, like, you know, a placebo or something like that. You know, maybe maybe my mom giving placebos on. I, I don't know, right? But uh, I, I do know I got a little bit better at focusing just from trying. But it, it mainly was karate and the things that I had learned from karate that really helped me to, to focus. I didn't know that at the time. But that really helped me to, to kind of build that habit. And it was very subconscious. It wasn't a very conscious thing. It was just, I'm motivated to not spend any more years in this miserable place. I want to graduate and be done with it. And then maybe go to college, uh, perhaps, right? Like that was my goal, just to not get left back, just graduate. And so that really started my exposure to knowing that I have some sort of attention deficiency. I was way more conscious of it after that. So after I graduated, and you know life went by finally i got into meditation and exercise and healthy eating and it was probably a combination of all three of these things but i would say the one thing that for my attention span well the two things i would say exercise and meditation i think they're somewhat interchangeable depending on your definition of meditation exercises can be meditation and meditation can be an exercise so it, it really depends on the individual. But either way, I learned how to do things and concentrate longer. I really enjoyed weight training. And so I really focused on paying attention. I had picked up some tips like pick one spot on a wall when you're doing reps and just stare at that and count, right? Counting, breathing, and focusing on your eyes just being on that one spot were the only things I was doing other than my form, right? The form was the most important thing because you'd hurt your body. Your breathing was the next important thing because that was what dictated part of your endurance or your stamina. You know, if you're not breathing properly, then you're not going to get as many reps. There's a lot of science behind it. I'm not going to be the one to explain to you in this episode. So <laughs> don't worry about that. But, you know, other than that, I learned that the reason that you pick a spot on the wall is so that you can focus or concentrate better. And that's 
primarily the main reason. And that led into a whole nother topic that really blew my mind, which was your eyes. Somewhere along the line, I knew the importance from karate to look at what I'm doing and look at it repetitiously. But I think I got lazy and learned how to do things without looking at it. And that allowed me to kind of zone out and like basically multitask where I'm daydreaming while doing something that's a little bit more advanced. I didn't know I was doing that. It just happened naturally. And it wasn't until playing Street Fighter and other fighting games that really helped me to break out of that in certain areas of my life. My brain had slowed down due to meditation and exercise because I, I allowed myself more free space to think. And it slowed down my thinking. So I don't know if this is the case for everybody, but for me, there's this constant thoughts flowing in my head and it takes willful effort to slow it down or stop it. And I didn't have that that strength, that mental strength at the time when I was young. But over time, I started to develop it. And I didn't know I was developing it. I was just practicing a meditation because I, I wanted to be healthier. I, I think it was more of a spiritual thing at the time because I was more into my spiritual exploration and that was my motivation. But <laughs> ironically, my result was better focus. I had a better attention span. And I definitely learned what it felt like to not think anything. Now, now, some of you may not understand what I'm saying, but for me, there wasn't really a time in my life where my mind was quiet. It was almost always having a conversation and more of a cafeteria where there's a bunch of people talking is the best way that I can articulate that, where it's not just one thought, it's so many thoughts that sometimes I can't really catch my train of thought of my main thing, like the thing that I'm doing in person. Sometimes I can get so lost in my thoughts and not even realize it. And it took years and years and years of, of practice. And it still happens, it just you catch it quicker or you learn how to get out of that zone or zoned out state a lot faster. Uh, you avoid going into it a lot longer. And you know, if you're tired, that makes it a lot more difficult to maintain that healthy thought process. So for some people, they already have that good concentration. I know there's a lot of people who can just concentrate on something really easily, just like there's people who can just fall asleep on command, it seems like. I'm not one of those people that can just fall asleep on command. I'm also not naturally one of those people that has the ability to focus on something for a prolonged period of time. So knowing that, uh, I've been very conscious of that, maybe more conscious than most people are, are more open to talking about it and discussing it in depth than, than other people that I've seen. And I wanted to really discuss that and open up that discussion because there's so many factors that I've learned that affect your focus. And I don't think there's any one right thing to focus on. I, I think over time you develop it and make it better. Some people are more naturally inclined to be able to focus and people like me, we just have that deficiency, right? You know, I don't know necessarily, I can't say for all people who have ADD, this is just speaking from me and my own experience. And I, I think there's a lot of other people that it applies to, but the issue is that people need to learn how to want to focus before they can actually improve their focus. They have to learn to believe that they can improve their focus so that they can actually start seeing their results. And, and confidence is a whole nother topic. You know, top, confidence and, and belief in your own ability, that's something that I could probably go into more detail in if you're interested in like either DM me or, or tweet at me, whatever. Uh, but for now, 
I want to talk about some of the different things that I believe have helped improve my focus and how that applies to fighting games. And maybe other things as well if I have any examples that pop up into my head. So let's talk about the eyes first. For me, the eyes, for other people it might be incredibly obvious, but for me, sometimes it's easy to forget to look at the details of the game. Now when you're playing a game like Street Fighter, there's a lot of information that pops up on the screen. The more experienced you are, the more you can utilize a lot of that information, but also the more information you can intake without it being an information overload. You've compartmentalized the information. A lot of you know I've picked up a new character just as an experiment, and I wound up really enjoying that experience to where she's basically my secondary now, and that's Karine. And one of the reasons that I picked her specifically was because I wanted to improve a skill that I did not have or did not really know how to improve with my current character. I just couldn't think about it. So I wanted to try a whole new character that was more focused on hit confirming. And so I started playing her and I started to learn how to really, really hit confirm, like a one button hit confirm into her Tenko. Uh, if you know what that means, good, then you understand how difficult that is. If you don't, it, it's very, very specific timing and you have fractions of a second to respond to that information and do it properly with the proper execution which that is also difficult because you have to press two buttons in rapid succession to the point to where it tricks the game into thinking you're pressing three buttons it's complicated but it adds extra time to your uh your combo if you do it properly <laughs> and so you understand it starts to get really complex so you have like one sixteenth of a second to respond i i don't quote me on that fraction but it's basically if you have 60 frames in a second you know, you throw out a button, I have about four frames or so to respond. It might be 14. I gotta look at the map. I gotta, I gotta look at the map. I'm upset I don't remember right now, but I'm not gonna focus on that. Either way, it's a small amount of time. It's less than a second to react to information. And I condition myself to basically, you know, if you know what an if-then statement is. If the move connects, then I do my combo. If the move does not connect, then I stop doing my combo. Or if the move is blocked, I don't do that combo. Because the reason you don't want to do it is because it's not a safe combo to do if they block it. You want to confirm into it because if you just do it on its own, they block it and they get a guaranteed punish. So they can do, they can do big damage to you essentially. So you really want to make sure that your brain can differentiate between those three situations. Whiffing, blocking, and hitting. If it hits, you confirm into the combo. If it blocks, you can confirm into a block string and do some sort of block string. And if it whiffs, there's different situations depending. You know, they might whiff punish it. Uh, it depends on the situation. That one's not as, as relevant to the point. Either way, as I was struggling to get better at hit confirming, I was looking for all kinds of information. Now, luckily, I have a background as an animator. So it comes very natural to me to look at the animation to figure out at what point what's happening is it active is it recovering is it on the startup frames am i in hit stun am i in block stun i used to work on a fighting game so i know i, wor I worked as an animator and worked with programmers and like all the different departments it was a smaller group so i knew everybody and i led a lot of them and so i understand a lot luckily and so i want to translate some of that for you guys and hopefully make it more of a priority to look at what your eyes are doing and how that actually allows you to react faster. Now, it's not just looking at the screen, right? I look at the screen, everyone looks at the screen, but what information are you looking for? Not just the stun bar, I wanna talk about the actual 
animations and the effects that pop up on screen. For me, I can see the yellow flash, I can see the animation of the character. There are specific frames that will happen when the character is usually able to be comboed. And it also usually associates with the peak of that yellow hit flash. And you can find the timing right there and be very specific. And so you don't really need to confirm to find the specific timing of a combo, but if you know the very, very specific timing of when you can do that combo and you're looking for it, it makes it easier to confirm if the hit move, if the move hits or not. And that's because you're breaking down the individual frames a lot easier. You're looking more closely at the animation and because you're more familiar with the animation, you can see what's happening seemingly quicker when you just understand more of it rather than it just happening in a quick blur. Think about if you're watching an anime fighter and you don't know the game and then you maybe finally learn that game and it seems like the game has kind of slowed down. It hasn't slowed down, it's just you understand and aren't overloaded by the amount of information happening on screen. You can dissect the information, you can translate the information, and then you can take actions almost automatically. Like if someone blocks something, you know the punish. If you know the punish and you just naturally do it like it's nothing, that means that you've committed it to muscle memory and that's eased up a lot of mental strain versus someone who was like, oh, that's negative on block, it's like negative this, I know that I can do this. They're translating the information rather than just instinctually reacting to it. There's a longer process before they can actually react. So when you condition your muscle memory, which is another important factor of focus, muscle memory, and you add it to your eyes, and what you're looking at and making sure that you're honing in on the specific information and trying to ignore anything that's not relevant, you really start to slow down the game and you're able to process a lot more information. And I've also learned it's incredibly important when you're in the training room to not just zone out and do the combos and maybe look at a video or, or look at your phone or something like that, to make sure that your eyes are always trained on the proper information. At least for me, someone who it's very easy to lose my focus, I have to make sure that I've conditioned my eyes to look for the information as well. Because there's several times where my eyes might be just wandering on the screen while I do a combo or they're doing a combo to me, rather than looking at meter and maybe thinking about what the next action is, I'm not really using my time very intelligently, very effectively. You know, I could be looking at the meter to see, okay, well they can do this, this, and this, but they can't do that, that, and that. Right? I, I can do this and that, but I can't do that. Yeah. Just looking at what's happening, whether it be the meter or whether it be at if they're dashing up, there's a lot of times where you can just check a dash on reaction if you're just looking for the dash and you're aware that it's a thing that's going to happen. But if you're kind of zoning out and you're just waiting for your opportunity and you're really focused on what you're trying to do and not the, the whole entire picture, then you might miss that button hitting you and then getting confirmed at the big damage because you're not really thinking about what range you're in in relation to their buttons. There's so many things can happen and it's it makes it even harder to find new information than to learn and to assimilate that information because you're still struggling with the current information that you have. You haven't committed to muscle memory or you're not having good habits with where your eyes are looking and really consistently using your eyes in an effective way. If you're in a combo, maybe check all the bars to see where you're at because that's a huge part of the strategy. In the past, when I played Fong, V-Trigger 1, Zangief is my bane. And it is my bane for one reason and one reason alone. It is because I forget to look at the meter. I don't look at the V-Trigger meter and I lose. Or what happens is 
I'm autopiloting and throwing out projectiles, and then they basically full screen punish me with V Trigger 1, vacuum me in, and do big combos. And then that's where their time to shine happens because I have two more choices, give or take, and I'm dead, right? Fong is like 950 health. Uh, he doesn't have an invincible button. His only invincible move is not grab invincible. So it is an incredibly terrible button to use, an incredibly terrible panic button to use against Zangief because he can just command grab me out of it. So I have to keep my cool and still make wise choices. Now, what really happened was I learned to keep my cool when fighting Zangiefs, but I did not for a while learn to pay attention to the meter. I didn't realize that was the issue. I thought it was because whenever I get V-triggered, which is inevitable, <laughs> I'm going to have to make sure I stay calm and see what choices this player wants to do. So in a way, it helped me out because I learned to maintain my composure when fighting against Zangiefs, even in the corner. I still try to make sure that, you know, I have urgency, but I'm not panicking and trying to consistently make the game go back into my favor and to throw them off their game and to bait them into wanting to do the wrong thing. So it's like, I, I know what they're trying to go for. I'm trying to bait it into them doing it, but I never thought that I could avoid this situation altogether if I just paid attention to the meter and when he had full V-trigger, just change my behavior. It did not occur to me and it's such a simple thing. And it was simply because I was not looking at the meter. I didn't have that realization because I never connected the situations into, oh, he has V-Trigger, let me change my behavior. It's crazy, right? Some people are like, man, you're stupid. Some other people are like, dang, I've been doing that. I've had that done to me before, right? Some characters, you're so focused on the neutral that you just forget about it. For me, I know with Zangief, I have to play the game at a sweet spot that I like. If I can do that, I win. The issue is, I start to fall into a pattern, and some of my moves are incredibly reactable before it touches them. On top of that, Zangief's V-Trigger is, is projectile invincible, so it basically negates my poison balls, and he can punish me when I throw down my gas trap on reaction if I try to do the one that stays on the ground, because he can just pull me afterwards into recovery. So I can't emphasize enough to make sure that you start to practice being more disciplined with what your eyes are looking at. You know, if you play a MOBA, for instance, like League of Legends, I play League of Legends sometimes, you gotta look at that radar. Or even for certain shooters like Halo, you gotta look at the radar. You gotta pay attention to the information so that you can make the right decisions. If you don't know somebody's coming for you uh, and that information was available to you, then you're not playing the game properly. You're omitting certain information that you should be taking in. And that's nobody to blame but yourself. Right, there's some people that needed to hear that, you know, stop hating on your jungler mains. I play jungle, but geez, stop getting ganked so much. Anyways, back to the eyeballs. <laughs> I really can't emphasize this enough because it's been a huge re realization for me and I keep learning and seeing new things and realizing certain strategies that I had been ignoring simply because I never took in that information on a consistent basis. And I know there's still more things that I'm trying to learn and to take in, but my skill just isn't there yet so i try to still look for that information but it's incredibly hard to process it on top of everything that i'm still currently learning and trying to master so i'd love to know your thoughts on that topic specifically i also wanted to get into muscle memory and we can share thoughts on that as well
of course, muscle memory synergizes very well with eye contact. But it also synergizes very well with strategy, with adaptability. There are several things such as punishes or kind of anti-airs and, and other situations where you can train your body to just reflexively do it to where you're not thinking about it at all. How you do it depends on you. Usually I do it in the training room at first. If it's like a punish, I can just practice the punish and find the timing and see how long it takes. And usually I try to see how long of time I have just by blocking it and then seeing what buttons I can press. Even if I know on paper what I can do, I look at the frame data, I still try certain things just to see how that works. And then I do it a bunch of times. I do it from both sides. I'll do it into different, you know, depending on if I have certain kinds of meter. And I get, I get used to it. And then when it happens in a fight, I just automatically know to do this. And usually after a while, I don't have to do every single character. If it's the same frame data, I kind of just put it in that category in my head and say, okay, I can punish with this button. And then it's, that's it. That's a wrap. I don't have to really do too much about it. There's certain moves, new characters come out and you're like, oh, that's negative 10. It might take a little bit, but it's like, okay, I know, I know I can press heavy punch, right? For, for I think both of my characters at this point. They have a similar heavy punch range, so that should work. Either way, I know what buttons I can press, and I just gotta fight more of that character. I don't necessarily have to take them into the training room and do it. Uh, it'll happen a lot faster where it becomes automatic if I take the time to do that. But if I fight a rose, you know, if I'm getting if I'm getting some sets with them, then usually that'll help me out. Uh, if I can get sets with that player, and then I can condition myself to make sure I choose the appropriate response. Now these are in. I'm referring specifically to guaranteed situations. You know, sometimes spacing comes into play, but I mean, on average, you know, if it's something that's negative 10, you know you can punish it this way. Not so much the ambiguous situations, but you can still train yourself to respond to those, but you also have to rely on reactions or reads. A lot of people that are more logical players really overlook how powerful muscle memory is the execution right and that's another another term for it but committing things to muscle memory so not just being able to do a good combo doing it with your eyes closed right having it to that degree to where you can do this you can just do this combo or do this thing do these inputs or this movement into this attack whatever it may be and do it a lot and making sure that you're diversifying those skills whether it be movement based or whether it be you know neutral based strings whatever it might be meaties or you call it oki, whatever you want to call it. The more you can commit to muscle memory, the higher level of thinking you can actually attain. Because as things become muscle memory, you start to make more realizations and you connect more dots as to how the game works. Normally this can happen if you're looking for the information. If you're choosing to make excuses when you lose, or if you're complaining all the time, uh, you might not see it. But if you're open to learning and realizing that the reason you're losing is because of you and there's certain skills you have to attain, whether it be mental or mechanical skills, that's on you to improve. But for sure, when you work on your muscle memory, you're going to get better as a, as a game. You're going to improve in your decision-making just automatically. Think about it. We take that same negative 10 situation. If you're trained to punish that negative 10 situation, and you know for sure that there's not anything that that character can do except for maybe cancel off of it. Now you will have to be aware of what other things could happen. Maybe they can cancel into a command grab or something wacky. 
you got to be aware of those situations. But as long as you know how to handle the main area and have that muscle memory, you can also be thinking about the other scenarios when that button is coming out. You recognize the button sooner, you know I'm blocked. All right, this is what I should be able to do. If they do something new, you have now new information. Maybe they canceled into a special and for some reason it's like a frame trap. Now you have a new situation in your hand. You can go back to the training room and practice that as well and see what you can do if you have any options. You can start to experiment in the matches when you play against that character. Or you can look it up online, of course. That's always an option. Even if I don't mention it as an option, just understand it's always an understood option that you can just look it up, right? Uh, there's there's tons of Reddits, especially if you're playing Street Fighter. You have the Street Fighter subreddit. You have uh, tons of apps on your phones that you can get for frame data and, and information on the game. So that's, that's always on the table is research. But in terms of what you can do personally to figure it out on your own, these are the things that I'm talking about. So understand that difference, that yes... You know, there might be the one guy that says, oh, you can also research it. I'm, I'm saying this for you. So I don't feel like I'm doing the best job of explaining why muscle memory is important, but just understand that you can think on a higher level. You know, don't just take my word for it. Try it out for yourself. What's the worst that happens? Now you can do moves automatically. Uh, that seems like a win-win to me. So try it out for yourself. You know, go do it for a month where you're working on a specific thing. Still try other stuff, you know, still play matches, but make sure you're taking like at least five to 10 minutes working on a specific thing. I guarantee you, you'll appreciate it. If you want double points, take something that you suck at that you'd like to be better at and just take five to 10 minutes working on that. You don't even have to incorporate it into your gameplay. If you already have a game you're playing, don't worry about incorporating it. Just try it on the side. Just spend some time working on it. It doesn't matter if you succeed, just set a timer for five or 10 minutes, work on it. Even if you never do it once, just work on it. Don't worry about if you did it and how many times you did it. Just spend five to 10 minutes, set that timer. And the thing is, is once that timer is done, you stop. You don't, you don't work on it anymore. You move on to something else. Next time you get on, do that again. Just work on it for five to 10 minutes. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter how successful you did. You can measure it, you can write down, but you're not focusing on the outcome. You're focusing on the time spent doing the thing. Now, when you're doing the thing, as you build the habit of doing the thing on a consistent basis, you can start to improve, you know, perfect, whatever you want to call it, your form or your, your execution. Whatever it is that you're doing. It's hard. I have to generalize because I don't know what it is for you. For me, it was hit confirms. I'm still making it more difficult to hit confirm. I'm increasing the challenge, so to speak. That's basically what I'm doing. So if any of the three topics I'm going to talk about today, I would say that Muscle memory, it for me, is the most effective way for me to improve. I'm a very logical player and not a very mechanically inclined player. So it takes me a while to get good at games because of my mechanical uh, deficiencies, right? So usually I can comprehend a game very well, but it just takes me a long to be able to build up those mechanics so that I can actually put my money where my mouth is, uh, which is incredibly frustrating. But nonetheless, that's why I say muscle memory is the most important for if you're someone like me. If you're someone who already learns games very easily and you like just make bad decisions, then you can start working on the eyes instead, making sure that you're understanding that information. The last point that I hit on is a another obvious one because I talked about research uh, and this falls into that category, but it's making sure that you're accumulating the information and 
retaining it in some way, memorizing it. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you how to memorize because everyone does it differently. Uh, if you don't have a method of memorization, there are tons of proven ways to do that that you can try out for yourself uh, and you can research that. I'll put some links in the description for you, but I'll briefly touch on this idea because there's a lot of times where I've lost in the past to lack of character knowledge because I can't develop a strategy if I don't understand how something works. And if this is relatable to you, this is probably one of the most important things for you to work on. Uh, if you're really, really wanting to win and beat specific players, this is a really effective method because you can learn everything about that character and really break it down. Now, you'll have to do this for other characters down the line, but it'll get more streamlined because you'll learn how to research a character more quickly. And you'll learn how to retain that information and transcribe it into something useful for yourself a lot more quickly. So if you already have good mechanics, but you're making bad decisions, just make sure you have the proper information. Now that information changes because sometimes it could be character information, sometimes it could be player information or strategy information where there's general strategy that happens and you're just not aware of it. And so you, you chalk it up to something stupid or random or yada yada yada. Understanding the patterns that players may inhibit. It's really important to start to try to notice patterns in players. As you start to notice patterns, you can create a counter strategy to that pattern. Now, I use the word pattern, but I feel like that's a very rudimentary idea or word to explain what's happening. But, you know, maybe rhythm's a better word where you start to understand the rhythm of the player. That's a lot more of an abstract term that I think fits this scenario because it's not always a clear cut pattern. Uh, there might be certain buttons, like certain block strings that they may use, frame traps, on a consistent basis. And you can say it may be more of a pattern. And then sometimes players just have where they. They stagger their buttons and they walk back and forth and it seems more erratic, but they may actually have a rhythm to them that isn't necessarily a pattern, but something that can be predicted because it's still based off of their own personal rhythm. Or it could just be completely random, right? People fall somewhere in those that, that trifecta of, of playstyles. The key thing with all of these is to try to find a way to make it either fun or rewarding for you. I'm not so much of a person that's based on prioritizing fun. I'm more of a person that gets my fun from from growth, from like leveling up. So whether it's a game like I'm leveling up and I'm improving at a skill or literally leveling up a character, or it's in, in real life where I'm improving a skill or I'm uh, having conversations with people and helping people learn something new or rather I'm coaching, especially coaching or doing speaking obligations, uh, all of those things are rewarding to me. So find what makes you motivated and utilize it that way. If you like measuring your growth, write it down and look at the, the pattern that you're having. You know, look at how often you do it. I still encourage you to set a timer, but also just measure how many combos you landed in that, that time. Look at how many combos you're landing and then you can maybe find the percentage of how accurate you are. Like you're 70% you're, you're accurate with this combo or you're 80% accurate with this combo in the training room with, you know, with five to 10 minutes, whatever it may be. If that's interesting to you, then do it that way. Uh, but find a way to make it interesting and fun or rewarding for you. I'm glad that I'm getting back to the fighting game stuff, the actual FGC philosophy stuff. I am still working on getting stuff out, but I do have a side project that I'm mentioning. I don't want to mention it yet because I don't want to really market it. I'm just excited to talk about it. But as things get closer to release, 
I'll let you guys know if you're interested. If not, then don't worry. I won't be mentioning too much once I get it launched and all good to go. Unless it's relevant. So now it's your turn to engage in a conversation. Let me know for you which of these three is an area you want to prioritize and why. And if you're already someone who's working on these areas, let me know what you think and how you've improved your focus. If you think I haven't mentioned something, you know, a way that you improve your focus, let me know what do you do to improve your focus and how has it helped you? Let's get that conversation going. That said, thank you guys so much. I appreciate the support as always. More content on the way. I've been working on a few things on the side, like uh, just home movies and stuff like that and posting it on my Facebook. That's been really fun. And I wish I had started it sooner, but I got a new phone, some new phone software. So I'm practicing phone editing software and it, it looks pretty good. So I might actually invest in that. I already own the PC version of it. That's Filmora, not sponsored or affiliated in any kind of way, but they're, I've been using it for this pandemic now and I kind of like it. I think I'm going to stick with the software and like actually drop the Adobe suite, which I've been using that since college. I've always been using Adobe Photoshop or Premiere since college. Uh, so it's kind of crazy or Illustrator, uh, sometimes Flash which was not originally owned by Adobe. I know I, if you're a graphic designer or someone who was into flash movies back in the day, <laughs> then, then you already know this, but I digress. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I've had a great time recording this episode. It's very, very cathartic. So I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Maybe you can listen to it when you're playing fighting games or something like that. So let me know what you think. That said, I'll see you guys in the next one.